The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. So as a diehard Texans fan, but at the same time as a guy who, you know, competed at the highest level, coached at the highest level, uh, can you bring yourself to, like, hope your team loses this weekend? How are you handling Texans and Colts? Well, I think if you think in Chicago that we've come this far with this dreadful of a season <laughs> to ruin it with a win, then you don't know us as Texans. We're not screwing it up now. You know, we're going to, we'll have the number one pick. Oh, no, Jeff Hangundi. Well, you may, but it's going to cost you. Oh, yeah, we could still work it out. Yeah. We, and that's oh, why yeah. that's why we want to have uh, Jeff Gundy on. We love having him on in general. We've talked plenty of football with him in the past. And uh, basketball, too. Sounds like you have the, the the tone of wanting to taunt him about his favorite football team and what they did in the final game of the regular it's season. It's not like we have a lot of uh, things yeah, to There's nothing brag we about. can really pound our chest about. <laughs> yes, let's bring him in right now. He's the uh, lead voice for basketball coverage on ESPN and ABC. And, of course, a longtime basketball coach in the NBA. One of our favorites to talk to. Jeff Van Gundy joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline on Waddle and Sylvie. How you doing, Jeff? Good. You know what? When you guys played that, I had forgotten I had said that. <laughs> I bet and, you did. But you know what it made me think of? And you guys know Lovey well. He knew he was getting fired, so yeah. he's like, screw it. Let's go for two. <laughs> and it, in some ways, I so admire that. And I knew you would. As right? a coach, like, yes. Like, yes. As a fan, you probably are cussing him. Oh, no, yes, exactly. But, like, we're going to blame him and David Cully? Like, the last two years, we're going to fire two coaches in two years? Like, we don't. It's a coaching issue. Come on, both of them overachieved. I think one. I think one got four. Would they both get four wins? I'm not even sure. But like, they, our team stinks. Like, yeah. you know. But okay. anyway, it's you, just you it guys was, stink. At, you even stink at, at, at trying to bottom me out and, and get the number one overall pick. Yeah, but the one thing I wouldn't do is trade up. Like, wow. like you guys. You know we. We screwed it up fair and square. You guys pick. I'm sure you guys. Are you guys going to trade or pick yeah. another quarterback? No. That's why we called you. That's why we called you. We wanted to see what you'd be willing to give us for the first pick. What would you want for us, from us? Um, Your second round pick. We, we, we'll flip one and two, and, and we want your, yeah, second we'll take round, your second round pick. We 33. want your second round pick. Well, that makes it interesting because if we. If if the Texans have evaluated that one per player is a lot better than the second, then I would definitely do it. It's a difference. It could be the difference between uh, Manning and Leaf, right? I mean, yes, absolutely. And yeah, and Jeff, don't forget your your rival. The Colts are at four, and if you guys don't come up to one, we're going to talk to them, and they're going to come up to one, and you and you guys may like the same guy that they like. And they may take the guy you like. Man, I wish I knew. I wish I had an eye for football so I could form an opinion. 
But, like, you know what was funny? I don't know if you guys watched the combine, but they said the quarterback from Florida yes. set the broad jump record for all time for his position at the at the combine. I'm like, is that a really good predictor right. of who's a good quarterback? Right. The broad jump. Of course. It's like a 40-yard yeah. dash for a defensive tackle. You know, if your defensive tackle's having to run a 40, your defense stinks. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm... I'm I'm fascinated what's going to happen. And I just, you know, like, I love the NFL, so I just want to see, like, I want to be in game, you know, in a in a chase for a playoff spot again. We For a while, we were like, we won the, the uh, AFC South, I think, four out of five years or five out of six years. I mean, we had good, like, good solid teams. Not really Super Bowl quality teams, but good solid teams. And, like, to be as bad as we have been, like, it's hard as a customer. I, I understand why season ticket holders in all sports won't show up if it's a bad product. Yeah. Jeff Van Gundy joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. From your past, like you were saying about the broad jump, as a coach, do you ever remember yourself falling in love with a player's workout? And um, do you remember who that was? And whether or not he was really good, or he or he didn't turn out to be so good, there was a shooting guard when I was in uh, New York that we had in, and like he wasn't really polished yet, but like stuff he could do at his age, you're like, you know, I was like that guy, he he's got talent, you know, and I, I didn't know too much about like the high school because we had just finished our season, you know, like. I think we had gone to the conference finals that year or something, whatever. So it happened like right after. Oh, his name happened to be Kobe Bryant. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Wow. Hey, bro. Those workouts, those workouts, man, they, you know, the best thing you can do, I'm sure it, it's probably the same in football, but I know in basketball, the best thing you can do is actually watch him play. Yes. I mean, it, it tells you everything. If you watch, the more you watch somebody, the more you have a better feel. Now, that doesn't mean you're always going to be right because a lot of things can get in the way between when you draft them and when their career ends, health and how money changes people and um, friendships, you know, made or what, you know, things just can get in the way of success. But the more you watch, the better feel you have for where that player is at that particular moment. On that note as well, we heard that down at Indy at the Combine, our general manager and our head coach to loosen guys up, that they were throwing darts and playing putt-putt. As a coach who has to make decisions on whether or not a player is right for you and your team, do you believe any of that stuff has a benefit? Is there a beneficial you know, advantage to, to going through exercises like that with potential draft picks? Again, I think guys are so polished now. I think agents uh, do a great job in preparing these guys for, uh, you know, the, the questions asked and the bland answers they're coached to give that there's really uh, no insight. There was a guy in the NBA, and I'm not going to use his name in case I've screwed this up uh-huh. a little bit, but um, he's still involved in the NBA, and he asked the question, not if you smoke or drink, but how much do you smoke or drink? And, like, 
it elicited from what I heard more honesty than you normally would get from, you know, do you smoke or drink? So uh, anyway, I found that, you know, the wording choice a little bit uh, fascinating, but I just think again, so much can change in people's lives. Once they get money, you just really never know, except to be able to watch them. I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure they had good reasons why to play darts or putt putt or whatever you said they were doing. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be my style, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. Uh, going back to Kobe, uh, I, was it a matter of just guys were scared again to take high school players that he fell to thirteen? What was? How did he fall that far? Well, we didn't pick that. We didn't pick early enough to get him. Obviously, everybody would have traded up. You know, <laughs> given everything they had, if you could do it in in uh, you know through the a lens of the rear view mirror. But I think at that point, um, his agent, uh, I, I think John Calipari at the Nets wanted to take him, but his agent threatened that he was going to hold out and go to Italy and play or so he didn't play for the Nets. So at eight, I think the Nets were at eight that year. Yeah. And I think they got a little bit bullied off of him. And I think they ended up taking Kerry Kittles. Yes. Um, and then the the Hornets and the Lakers traded, and uh, you know the rest is history. Now the Hornets did. I mean, they got a, a very good player in Vlade Divac, uh, and they actually had some a good success in that period of time. But obviously, when you give up the rights to Kobe Bryant, it's a bad trade. Yeah. Okay. So have we convinced you to trade up then to the for yes. the number one pick? Good question. Oh, only if we're convinced, like, like, you know, I'm worried about every quarterback, you know, and I, cause I don't know if you guys like notice this, but I always ask people I know in the NFL, why is everybody so open in college, but no one's open in the NFL? Like the, 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 the windows to throw in for college, it's like, Miles wide, people are wide open, but in the NFL, it's like microscopic. And so I don't, I think it's probably hard to judge. Like, can guys play and fit when they're throwing into those tiny, you know, windows with these huge defensive linemen, you know, is Bryce Young, is he going to be able to see over when the both lines are equal? Like, can he, you know, and then, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just really interesting to me. I don't think it's any different, Jeff, honestly, in the NBA than it is in the NFL. Um, you know, open in the NFL is different than open in the NCAA game. Like, I mean, open is just a sliver of space between a tight end or a receiver and a defensive back or a linebacker. The same way what would be probably a contested shot or considered a contested shot you know, at the NCAA level is actually an open shot in the yeah. NBA based good, on the level of talent. talent. Well, no, that's, what, that's where I think that the sports differ, right? So NCAA football, people are more open than they're in yes. pro football, right? Yes. But in it's just the opposite. In the NCAA, it's like hard to score because of skill level, but the intensity, the preparation. So it's like no one's open. And the NBA... <laughs> Sometimes because of the space on the floor, the proliferation of, you know, the very best in the range and skills they have, 
and maybe a little bit lacking defensive intensity in the regular season, guys are more open. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm puzzled by, and some co- football coach told me it's because of the quarterback run, like because of the threat of the quarterback run, guys are more open in college football. And then I see, think about your guy and he can do that. And he's yeah. put up some huge numbers fields, but like, would you ever be better off just taking two quarterbacks that were similar, knowing that somebody's going to get hurt? And if they're both good, you can always play the same style. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this, guys. Probably too much. Well, you can't invest the same amount in both guys because you don't have the resources. But what you can do is invest in the guy that is your premier guy. And then your backup can have some of the same traits as your starting quarterback. So that if, in fact, you do have to segue from one to the next because a guy is hurt, at least your system stays kind of in place for everybody. You, you're saying to just keep drafting like really good quarterbacks or uh, like even though you got one, keep going? Didn't Phoenix, they, they used an, uh, a high p- quarterback pick, and then they took Murray, I think, the next year, number one. We have and a Rosen stunk. Yeah, they, they had to segue away from Josh Rosen because they identified quickly that it was a bad pick. But then, yeah, yes, they so drafted the Kyler Murray one. I'm going to keep picking until I get one. Like, if I get one, then I probably would stop picking. But I'm going to keep picking until I get one. Because <laughs> you're just... You're just wasting your time until you get a guy that can play. Now, I I think your guy's guy. I don't know where you stand. Can he get it? Can he be an every down really good NFL quarterback? We think so. We're, we're like we're, there are still questions. He needs to improve. He needs there's uh, they need to improve around him. But we think so. That's the hope. You think you can run like like? Can you run? Like, I wonder if those guys who are – he's such a weapon running that they have to, like, just go down or go out of bounds, like, before you get hit. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, no, no, I no, don't you're have right, the answer. You're, you're right. Just, there, there's an art to, to you preserving your health. And I think if you look at what the, the Eagles did this year, you know, Jalen Hurts did a great job being a dual-threat quarterback. But if you watched him over the course of the year, he did a really nice job sliding when he got enough – or he got out of bounds to preserve that health so he was still available. And I think it's one of the things, to be honest with you, that young quarterbacks who do have the ability to run, they learn as time goes on. And I think we saw some adjustment from fields as the season rolled on. Uh, that's good. Yeah. That's good because, like, I think it's, so, it's such a powerful weapon, and some of these guys are so good at it. Why would you draft them and then not one – to use one of the great things that have differentiated them all the way through. I don't know. Yeah. I, I wish I understood it more. I, I love all what, I know is we got to get somebody. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's why you got to trade up to number yeah, one. Right. We just, the say number one it, just say the deal is done. Just say yes, we have a handshake oh, agreement. We're not going to be bullied. We're, we're, but I do believe. <laughs> so, so I don't. Are you guys. Do you have a ranking? How, if you had to take a quarterback, do you have a ranking right now of how you guys would do it? Me personally, I, I would draft C.J. Stroud first. Oh, really? I yes. I, I think really? Bryce Young has probably got the best quarterback instincts, but his size to me scares, scares the hell out of me. Okay. Do you like the Florida guy? I think there's a I lot the of Florida potential there. Really good. He's gonna take, it, it, it's going to take a really good coach, and it's going to take some patience. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's potential there. Oh, 
Bryce Young. I mean, Bryce Young, like, I just love watching him. Like, he looks like he has both poise, character, you know, like, handles tough situations. Yes. I don't know. But he's 5'10 and 195 pounds. And your coach went to Bama. Don't forget that. There's a Bama tie there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. Listen, he, he, he lives two blocks from me. I mean, obviously, he's been gone, you know, for football and everything. But he loves that guy. Like, loves him. He thinks he's big, big time. So I don't know, like, I don't know what he thinks of his pro potential, but I know he loved him as a player. So oh, Interesting. We'll That's good intel. Yeah. Uh, let, let, let me ask you a question about hoops, and I love when we do, like, the switch right. sport thing. I love when we have Chef Dion and we talk hoops with him, and I love when we talk football with you. We're talking to Jeff Van Gundy. It's Waddle and Sylvie. We did a, a project about I was out to dinner with a buddy two weeks ago, and my friend said to me about Zach Levine, who is not beloved here, um, and and my friend said to me, he said, Sylvie, he said, is Zach a winning player? And where is Zach as far as his record in his eight, nine-year career in the NBA? And I said, it's a great question. Let me go to ESPN Stats and Info. So I came back with a couple of facts, and I, I'm just going to ask you straight out with the facts in hand what it means to you. Zach, okay. Levine, Zach Levine currently amongst active NBA players who have played at least 500 games has the worst winning percentage in basketball. Zach Levine in the 75 years of NBA history is has the 19th worst winning percentage ever. What does that mean to Jeff Van Gundy? Well, Bill Parcells used to say your record is, uh, you know, you are Basically, what your record is. You are, yeah, you are what your record says you are, right? And so you can't run away from that because what you're saying um, is factual, all right? So that's number one. It, it, those are facts. Now you have to go into a deeper dive, which is causation. And so when he was with Minnesota, they were terrible by by plan. And then he was uh, traded to Chicago and I think there are a number of factors. I think we would be talking in a whole different light about the whole Bulls situation if Lonzo Ball had not missed over a year now. Because I think with Ball, and Ball's not like a, a great, great, you know, he's not one of the all-time great point guards, but some of the things they miss are, volume three-point shooting, right? They don't have volume three-point shooters, and they don't get fouled. Now, ball doesn't get fouled, but it's hard to win if you don't get fouled, you don't get offensive boards, and you don't shoot threes. And ball would give them that fact. And last year when ball was injured, I believe they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And so I I think there's a number of factors – that go into what Levine's record is. I don't think they have a, I think he and DeRozan are very similar in, in many ways, personality wise and Vucevic personality wise. I don't think necessarily they're um, what people like want to see, particularly when it goes 
not going well, which is fiery. They're, you know, they're more laconic um, and measured. But I think Zach Levine has improved uh, greatly. I think from his time when he came into the NBA to now, he's gotten better. I think some of the situations he's been in have not been great. I personally would like to have him, like, see him shoot a lot more threes than he does. I, I think that would help unlock, continue to help unlock him, but more importantly, help unlock their team. Is he? Can he be? And is he a winning player? I'll say, I'm going to defer on that only because I think the only way you know that is if you're around every single day and you coach somebody. It is so hard to know that from the outside because so much of of how much you win or don't win is influenced by who you play with and who you play against. And I have no idea about his everyday drive to improve, to inspire, to unite his team. And I don't watch every one of their games either. So, uh, I think you you would have to to watch really diligently, and you'd also have to be around to know if you believe that someone who hasn't won a lot still possess the traits that it takes to win if they're surrounded by the right people. Jeff, I think the three of us would agree this is a different team, and they, they, they're on a different arc if Lonzo Ball, the healthy Lonzo Ball that we saw for a short period of time was still on the floor, but... Levine and DeRozan and Vooch have all been healthy for the majority of the time. How surprised are you that this team is six games under 500 at this point in the East? Well, I don't think they're a really deep team, you know, because they, they have uh, three guys who make huge money, right? And, uh, you know, Ball does too. So you take him out at uh, an incredibly important position and skill set that I thought was sort of the glue uh, to what they did. And, and then you're at, you're playing truly without like, you know, Caruso's a combo guard, DeSumo's a combo guard, Kobe White's a combo guard. You're playing without really uh, point guards. That doesn't mean they're not good, but they aren't, they weren't deep at that position. And, you know, I think the Patrick Williams, injury uh last year really set him back and they need him you know as the fourth pick in the draft to be a clear-cut starter who complements you know their scoring and that means he's got to be able to get his uh shot off quicker and and be able to make more and he's got to be able to lock down wing players and I think his development, his improvement is going to be absolutely essential as they go forward, or they're going to be stuck right here in the middle uh, going forward. Yeah. Uh, Before we let you go, uh, Jeff, and I know kind of like what you said about Zach, unless you coach him and you're closer to the situation, you may not know everything. But if you were to sit down or to talk on the phone with John Morant, what would you tell him? Yeah, I I think the first thing, you know, I think that has to be determined, those people that are closest to him, 
is like what's gotten in the way what of making to making the right decisions is it substance issues is it um lifestyle issues is it the people that are surrounding him is it um too much coddling by you know the people closest to him or the organization again those would be the questions i would be asking or trying to find out the answers to but i think the biggest thing is taking personal responsibility right pat riley used to have a great phrase it was it was about athletics but it could be about personal lives too you have to be a willing participant in your own rescue and i think to try to you know blame others for his mistakes would be a mis- uh, the biggest mistake he or those around him could make he has to take true true accountability and accountability has become a cliche now in sport you know it's just hold me you know we got to be held accountable what people when they say that usually mean is hold everybody else accountable but let me do my own thing <laughs> and i think it goes back to whoever's facing issues in their life, right? Can they get to the point where they truly will hold themselves accountable and allow others to hold them accountable for their actions and know that there are repercussions? And, and an organization having uh, the organizational courage to truly hold the star accountable for his actions, I, I think is paramount. Jeff, great stuff as always. We always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Take care, guys. There you go. Jeff Van Gundy. Some good football conversation yeah. in there. Always love it. And our then talks. some Bulls talk and uh, John Morant there at the end. He joined us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Waddle's World is coming up next. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salts. Oh, yes. Waddle's World brought to you by our favorite people, our friends, our partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Only I could bet on a basketball team that I haven't seen play all, all season long. But the season is here at college. I love it. Tournament season is here. But, but Tyler gave you the tip, right? Not until after I had already placed the bet. I should have asked Tyler his opinion before I made the wager is what I... That's where my mistake... Yeah, was. I was never consulted on this. Yes. He was not. Oh, it was not well, a Tyler well, issue. It was a me issue. What are you doing? An idiot. Did you... This was from... Tyler showed me this yesterday. And then Danny Zetterman sent it to us again earlier today. But this story about the WWE and talks with state gambling regulators to legalize betting on scripted match results. 
So the WWE is in talks with state gambling regulators to legalize betting on high-profile matches, according to people familiar with the matter. WWE is working with the accounting firm EY to secure scripted match results in hopes it will convince regulators there's no chance of results leaking to the public, said the people, who asked not to be named because the discussions are private. Private? Private. How in the world can you actually make a bet on something that has a predetermined outcome? If it has a predetermined outcome... It could leak? Of course. Well, I mean, can you still... But I know what you're saying, but still, does the general Would public you ever... know... Does the general public know what the outcome is? I remember... Before gambling was legalized, like offshore stuff, you could bet on like The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and that stuff's all known at a certain point. But there was a limit on what you could actually bet, correct? Wasn't there? I don't know. It just doesn't seem it doesn't seem right, does it? If you if you're concerned that somebody's going to fix a basketball game, how how could you not have even greater concern that somebody who knows the outcome of a, a, a result isn't going to be tainted and, and let that slip as well? It just Well, they're all, quote, fixed. Every wrestling outcome is, quote, fixed. Yes? Scripted. We're calling it scripted. You don't well, want I mean, someone to come in here and box your well, ears. Well, I know that's true. I remember. I'm, just, I I'm trying that. to protect you. Where was that on, 2020? I, I well, think well, so. Well, was it? 60 minutes something? Who got hit there? Was it, was it Geraldo? Was it, it was a reporter Somebody got hit did. Like that. Got their ears boxed. Yeah. But but it's, it's... Look, I'm not saying that they're not getting their ass kicked and, and they're not athletes but i'm, I'm not d- saying they're not that's not even part of the, no, the conversation no, no, no. but but it is a, a fixed outcome yes how would you would you ever put your money down on something that you knew already had been predetermined i bet you'll do it i bet i won't i bet you will i bet i won't i bet you will <laughs> i mean this is a this is an insane concept to me okay it really is we can bet on you, that, but we can't bet on uh, the Big Ten tournament. Well, we can bet on the Big Ten you tournament. You can. You just, just can't bet, bet on, on the, the Illinois teams right. participating. But you can bet on an event that has a scripted ending. You're not getting my money. I'm just telling you. Like, so you're I, not I'll in. bet on anything. I bet on an Iowa team I've never seen play today. But I won't bet the on that. Fighting McCaffrey's? Who won this game? Oh, Ohio State Ohio won. Ohio State won. Yeah. Down goes Iowa. Yeah. So the season has begun for me on a losing. I'm 0-1. Fresh start. Fresh, Fresh start. start. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to give me some advice you got here. Got your loser out of the way break, for the year. The next break, you're going to have to give me some help, okay? Sounds good. I'm also the one that bet that Northwestern would go further in the big tournament than Kansas. So, Is Kraft still on Ohio State? Stop it. He was 40 when he was a senior there five years ago. Anyway, uh, Alonzo Ball may need a third knee surgery. Yeah, I don't think we've really we haven't but are really you surprised talk, by talked this? about it. And and and, and like, yeah, I am a little bit surprised that he needs a third surgery. And no one knows what well, the f is going on. Well, that nobody has ever known what the problem is. That's been the the biggest issue with this whole story is that they don't know what's causing him pain. The third, no one has that. Ryan Baker, uh, touchdown maker. Yeah, he's got his Illini garb on and he's heading to the United Center. Speak of the you can't bet I on the put Illini. Some money on the Illini, right? If I was allowed to in this Maybe state, he'll house your bet. You did you just call Ryan Baker a bookie? No, no, but he probably won't unless you bet against the Illini. 
because he'd probably bet on the alignment. Anyway, by the way, this this possible third surgical procedure on Lonzo's left knee likely going to require another six months of recovery See, and rehabilitation. That, that, that's BS. You wanna, I was going to bet. Swear. You want to bet on that? Yeah, well, you bet on that. You you can't come up. No one should give a timeline anymore on Alonzo on Lonzo's recovery time. How could you give me a timeline on his recovery? Obviously, this is his third surgery, and the recovery timeline on his first two were not correct. So no recovery timeline. How about he'll undergo a third surgery, and the recovery timeline is TBD? Nope. About six six months. No. About six months. Did I say six months or six weeks? Do you remember when... Forgot. Everyone got excited about the Instagram videos going on when he dunked a basketball. And I said, hey, everybody, look at him running on the treadmill. And I, when you showed it to me, what did I say to you? He's running with a limp on a treadmill. Yes. Yeah. Timeline. Six months. I hope he gets better. I do, this too. Is not, I'm not ripping him. Of course I'm ripping not. anyone who would give you a timeline. By the way, did you ever get the uh, Fred Van Vliet oh, uh, oh. press conference bleeped? He, he's the player of the day. I thought it was. I thought it was excellent. I sent it to you this morning, six thirty in the morning. There's a couple of side stories to this. So, was he the one involved who got the technical a couple of nights ago for the bounce pass? No, that was Jordan Poole. Yeah, that was Jordan Poole. So this wasn't even him. Like the NBA officiating going on these days, where. Jordan Poole bounced past the ball to official, and he got teed up. Um show stuff. Joe West stuff. Yeah. Yesterday, I don't know if you saw this in the Bulls-Denver game, where Levine, I think, did one of the Bulls players, like, threw another bounce pass at the referee, and the whole Denver bench wanted a technical. DeMar ran over to their bench and goes, don't you dare ask for a technical. He said, shut the blank yeah, up. Like, he? basically... Hey, we as players should not be begging for technicals on things that aren't technicals. We don't want the referees calling technicals on us as players for simple stuff like this. It was a great, it was a very calm presentation at the table by Van Vliet. By the way, Rockford native, right? Yes. Local guy. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was a tremendous, tremendous press conference. This I is, thought it was great. Waddle sent this out uh, la- uh, this morning. This was great. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was f- terrible tonight. Um, He's the I thought rough. that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just f- the game up, you know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bullshit tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. And um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed. Um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Have we found yeah, out like how it. much he's going to get fined? I don't know, but I thought it was a good press conference. You know, he was very, you know, controlled. And he, at the end of the day, he said it wasn't the reason why we lost the game. But Ben Taylor, my favorite, game up. my favorite line in that whole rant was, uh, most of the referees are cool, 
But there are a couple dicks. Yeah. That's my favorite line in the whole press conference. By the way, Tyler, can you call Danny Lynch upstairs and tell him that his Iowa Hawkeyes suck and they can't score on bet in basketball? Oh, he was as well watching as that as well. Sixty nine. Not nice. If you had money on the Hawkeye. By the way, did you see Kevin Durant slip? I felt so bad so for him. Bad, I feel. In warm-ups. Uh, he's uh, uh, MRI, I believe. I, I, saw, I haven't heard, seen anything lately, but there was a thought that this may hold him out the remainder of the regular season. Team is hopeful that he avoided a serious sprain, but scheduled for an MRI later today. Or and maybe, maybe, maybe through the first round, too, they're saying. <sighs> Speaking hey. of injuries, Carlos Rodon, formerly of the White Sox, uh, signed with the Yankees this offseason, 162 mil. Uh, Going to start the season on uh, IL. So, forearm muscle. You know how your Rick forearm. Like, told yeah. you we, we shouldn't have paid him. You have trouble with the forearm muscle. Every now and then. Yeah. Every left, on the left hand. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, what else? I'm Dr. Waddle here. Uh, the MRI clean on Mavs star Luka Doncic and his left thigh. So that's, he's going to be fine. He's good. Yeah. All right. That's really all I got for you when we come back. Um, I do have some nonsense that I'd like to send your way. I may get a chuckle out of you. That's it. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. See this story? NASA engineers have managed to restore the Interstellar Boundary Explorer spacecraft to working condition. Do you know how they did it? How? They restored it how? Turned the button on and off. A little reset? Yes. They unplugged it? Yes. IBEX was put into contingency mode in February after NASA reset its onboard system and the almost 15-year-old spacecraft's flight computer subsequently failed to respond to commands uploaded from mission control. Engineers have since performed a so-called fire code reset as the uh, craft's orbit reached its closest path to Earth. Basically, what they did is they turned it off. They turned it off. It works for everything. And now we're back. That's, I mean, like, when are we going to get past that? When stuff will just work without having to do just to turn on and turn off? Unbelievable. You remember Sonny D? Oh, yeah. Was it one of your I, things? I sent this to Abdali yesterday. I go, this is the next thing you need to try. I yeah. didn't love Sonny D. No. Never, never had. It was never anything that I spent a lot of time consuming. Ever. But Sonny D now has a vodka seltzer. Your childhood favorite is all grown up now, considered a favorite of many, Sonny D. Uh, many who grew up in the 80s and 90s, releasing a version of the beverage that's specifically made for adults starting March 11th. The new Sunny D vodka seltzer will be available in a four-pack at some Walmart stores. I think that will do well. Let's Don't go. you? Are you a, are you a Sunny D guy? I love Sunny D. He's an D, alcoholic, really? isn't he? That's right. According to Yurko, like, yeah. Well, wait, Charlie, aren't you too young for Sunny D? Uh, Sun- no, I've had, I, yeah, no, I had Sunny D. I would remember, like, the commercials and stuff like that. I used to drink it at my grandpa's house. <laughs> With vodka or without vodka? Without the vodka. Really? Abdallah okay. told me that he drank it in, uh, in high school with vodka. That'd be like they, a they screwdriver. Used to mix it with. Really? Yeah. Well, now now you can you can find the mixture without having to do it yourself. I think Capri Sun should get into the seltzer game. Too. Really, with the so, straw? Don't you think? With the straw? Yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. Really? Yeah, I think that would do well. 
Like some sort of a hard... But, you drinking it, but you wouldn't be drinking it out of a straw, that I little tiny in the straw. Pouch, I think it would be cool. Yeah, yeah, Capri Sun. It's all about the nostalgia of it. It's not yes. actually about the actual You're gonna product. You're going to walk into a bar and go, hey, can I get a Capri Sun and sit over there and sit on your little sippy cup? I Capri cool. Spiked. I've asked for Twisted Tea at a bar before, so... Yeah, but Twisted Tea's coming in a can. I think the Capri Sun pouch is cool. I think With the, yeah. For your eight-year-old son. Yeah, but it, there's If no... I walk into a bar and you're sitting on a bar stool watching a ball game and you're sucking on that tiny straw trying to get that alcohol something? Sucking on that tiny straw? I don't know, but I'm, you know, that like, should be the motto. Come suck on our tiny straw. Capri Sun. I don't think that's anything. You, thank God you didn't get a marketing degree from Southern. Because you'd be broke right now. I think Come they, suck on our the, tiny straw. The retro the retro coolness of it would make sucking on their tiny straw cool in a bar. I don't want to walk into a bar personally and see anyone with a juice box. To you, it's not even I, a juice box. I think I'd probably be less freaked out by a juice box than I would the, the sunny or the uh, the Capri Sun pouch. Or will there be too many lawsuits and there will be too many... Um, Capri Suns mixed up with a with a little switch with a t- kids version. Yeah, here's the no, thing. No, they're coming out with it. You get it at Walmart. What do you, you mean? No, the, the that's Sunny D. Oh yeah, the Sunny D. I'm saying Capri Sun oh. should make a seltzer or a hard liquor in the pouch with the straw. Well, the Sunny D was for kids as well. Mostly, it was it was marketed well, to kids. You're at a barbecue in the summer. You open up that cooler that's in there. You see a spiked. Capri Sun in there. I uh, don't not, tell me I'm you're not, not thinking take, about it. I got to take the plastic yes. off the straw and stick it into the pouch yes, and sit the over process. there in the corner. Yeah, it just squeeze the, the pouch into my mouth. Why are you in the corner? Don't don't put the Capri Sun in the corner. I didn't put you it in the corner. Want it? That's that was Tyler. You said you're going to be standing in the corner. I said that. Or you yeah, said you that. said that. I I'm, well, I'm not going to be sitting there sucking on a Capri Sun, trying to get an alcohol buzz. Why is that appealing to you? Listen, get, I, I, I take it back. I'll drink anything yeah, most yeah, days. Right. Just, but I just like that's the Capri Sun. Also, you can't, you have to sip on it like it's like a little sippy cup. Like, Look I don't want that. right just turning down alcohol over yeah. here. What are we doing? Get me an ice cold Coors Light. Want to see the mountains turn blue? Okay, if that's I can, if you can have a Coors Light or a vodka tonic. Or a glass of your favorite wine or Capri Sun with something in it. You having the Capri Sun? I'm having it all. Why? Why are you having a Capri Sun? It's it's fun. It's retro. It's just I'm I'm spitballing here. I just one of the one of the things that, that perplexes me most is just the concept of it's fun. It's fun. What is fun about trying to get a buzz? You're reliving from your the, childhood. I didn't have Capri Sun as a kid. Well, I did. You're I was, a, I, was a, I was a camp counselor, and when you would pack your lunch, you would have to bring like a Capri Sun or a juice juice box. No pop allowed, Waddle. No, just juice boxes. Couldn't bring your Coors Light. No, you could bring a pop. Couldn't bring no. a can of soda. Not soda. I never call it soda. I don't know why I just called it soda. There, I always call it pop. From the Northeast now. See, Jake. Uh, Jake Paul has now blamed his loss to Tommy Fury. On a on having a wet dream the night before the uh, 
before the match, boxing match? Not, would you prefer I say nocturnal emission? No, not you. That he's using. Oh, that. okay. I thought you meant I'm not term. laughing at you. I thought you. the term. I thought the term uh, I, I, turned you off. I'm la- No, I'm laughing yeah. that he re- he had that the night before, and he's blaming yeah. that. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Weakens legs. Makes your legs. That's exactly what it says. Makes your legs weak. Lost his when testosterone. We, when we come back, I, I, I'm gonna close my eyes and look over at you, and I'm hoping I can envision you sucking on your Capri Sun over there. All right, pull up a chair. Grab a uh, spiked Capri Sun, and I uh, will have a rebuttal for uh, Cap today, who doesn't want to oh, do a yeah. show with me all of a sudden. Okay. All right. You want to do that? Sure. Want to do this? Absolutely. Should we do this? Yeah, you do it. Yeah. Do this? If you missed it this morning. Radio Wars! It's not a war. Radio Wars! This is the point. It shouldn't be a war. It should be fun, and it should be a back and forth. And I proposed we do a show together. Oh, I think that's going to happen next Well, he Tuesday. doesn't want to. We'll talk about it coming up next.